0: I'll say, bless the Lord if you say, oh, my soul, bless the Lord. Bless his holy name. Let's try it one more time. Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. Bless his holy name. I don't know if I'm just super needy tonight or super aware, but that was an amazing amount of worship. I, I want Brooke to come sing her whole family to sleep at night. Like, it's just like Jesus is in the room and I hear him through your voice. Thank you. Don't stop. Um, But that may be more for me. Um, I'm Chris. I'm the pastor here at Kairos. I'm the lead sinner who is forgiven in outstanding, uh, demonstrative ways, and I can't get over it. So I live every day in response to that. Um, I've had a tough day. Uh, Is this what you guys normally feel like on Tuesdays? Like, it's, it's only Tuesday, and it feels like Friday. Oh, like, I'm not, don't hear me complaining. It's just, uh, it, there's, there was a lot going into this month, and it's just getting more and more and more, and I'm becoming more and more fearful about uh, my lack of resources to do what I need to do in my own ability. I was having lunch with my soul friend, uh, Davey Fisher, on Friday, and I said, hey, just want to keep you aware uh, these next couple weeks, man, high output, all good things, all things that I think we've, I've scheduled as much as I possibly can, but um, I just want to give you a heads up. And uh, he says, what are you afraid of? And I said, uh, I'm afraid I'm not going to live up to everyone's expectations, including my own. And he said, well, let me help you out with that. You're not. So can you go ahead and face that fear? And I just started laughing. And I'm like, let, my, let me buy you your lunch because that's awesome. Actually, it was breakfast. I just realized that didn't make sense. But I, I bought his breakfast. It's Cracker Barrel. It's all the same food for every meal. So it's just whatever. But it's just, let's let's face that fear. It, it's not going to happen. So how are you going to live in, in the midst of that? Um, and just try to figure out how I trust God for manna on the uh, on the ground. So if you're new with us, this is not normally how I start off a talk with my own personal confession. Um, I, I, I really value uh, creatively communicating the gospel in such a way that it creates space for broken people to come brave again. Um, but tonight, I'm broken with you, and I want, I'm going to try to find my bravery in our text tonight. So here's what I want to do I'm going to jump right in. I've had a lifelong obsession with this text The Woman at the Well. It's meant so many different things to me at so many different times in my life, and I'm confident that God's going to speak to you through uh, His Word tonight. So we'll be in John chapter 4. Uh, we have already read just a little bit of that, and we're going to continue reading. We'll be in John chapter 4. And would you uh, allow me the privilege to lead us in prayer uh, before we read God's Word together? Just take a minute, get comfortable, take a deep breath in, let it out. If you're like me, uh, do your best to release any tension that you find in your body. I carry mine in my shoulders. There's sometimes I don't realize I'm clenching my teeth. But just relax and tell Jesus you want to be fully present in this place. In our text Jesus is waiting on the this woman at the well and I think he's going to be waiting for us. If Jesus were to ask you tonight, child, what's your biggest concern right now? What would you say to him? And if he was to ask you, what's the fear behind that concern? What would you say to him? And if he was to ask you, is there anything in your life right now that's hindering you from receiving my love? What would you say to him? Holy Spirit, would you give us eyes to see and ears to hear? Jesus, would you go before us in this text and make a way? And together we say, Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. Amen? John chapter four, and we'll start um, in verse 15. All right, can I give you a little context for what we're about to step into? So at the beginning of this chapter, uh, Jesus is hanging out with his cousin, John the Baptist, who we looked at last week, and then the religious leaders start doing what religious leaders do best counting numbers and comparing ministries. And so Jesus is like, bumped that, I'm not into that, so he's going to take off back to Galilee. Now, if you were to map quest the direct route to get back to Galilee from where he's at, you would go straight through Samaria. But guess what? No self-respecting Jew goes through Samaria. They avoid them like the plate. They go around it. Okay, but Jesus, everyone who wants to expose racial and religious snobbery says, come on guys, I know you're gonna ask a lot of questions about this. We're going straight through Samaria. So his disciples are kind of looking at him weird like that. They arrive, it's really hot. They're tired, they're worn out, they're hungry, they're thirsty from the journey. Jesus says, hey, I'm going to hang out here and rest. Go get us some drive through. So they're like, great, we'll do it. Jesus is hanging out there. Woman comes in the middle of the day to get her water. Does you guys know that that's a weird context clue? Um, In Middle Eastern culture, you don't go during the hottest part of the day to get your water. You go in the cool of the evening. It's where everybody hangs out. It's the proverbial water cooler. It's where you go to find out the news about everybody, catch up on families, swap stories. Everyone, that is the center of community life oftentimes. But she's there during the hottest part of the day because she doesn't want to see or be seen by anybody in the town. Jesus says, can I have a drink? He asks a question that's gonna leave a mark. She asks a question right back that leaves a mark. How are you a Jew, a male and a rabbi talking to me? Rabbinical law forbid a male rabbi to publicly speak to a woman. But Jesus ever breaking the rules for those broken by the rules says, can you give me a drink? She says, oh my goodness, why are you even talking to me? And he's like, hey, if you knew who was talking to you, you would be asking me for a drink. Now, it's just delightful. If you watch John, um, as he tells the story of Jesus, uh, John, the gospel writer here, there's always a conversation that people are having with Jesus, and it's about this right here, about their circumstance, and it's always usually, uh, Jesus is trying to have it about their soul. Like, there's always this metaphor, John loves double meanings, and so... He said, Jesus says, to her, I, I would give you living water and you would never be thirsty again, okay? He's going deep with her. She's like, sweet, <laughs> awesome, Jesus. Yeah, uh, you're gonna solve all my problems. You're gonna make my life easier, my work easier. I would love a free refill that never runs dry. That's gonna make my life 10 times easier and I can get on with my life now that I've encountered you. Great, I would love that. Well, I think first she asks, how can you even give me that? You don't even have a bucket. Which, by the way, how many of us, when God has ever asked us a question or called us something to, we're asking dumb questions like, well, where's your bucket? (laughs) I remember the first time the Lord uh, started prompting my heart to go overseas. I'm like, yeah, I don't have money for that. It's like, I heard the Lord go, really, that's your first question? So uh, we, we all have those like knee jerk reactions, like, yeah, this is why I can't do that. This is why I can't do that. Where's your bucket? And and he's like, no, 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 it's, it's living water. And he feels like the conversation, they're kind of going back and forth. Now watch this, Jesus is about to send a zinger her way. He's gonna take it deep real fast. So uh, Matt and I have been in all day training for something called Crucial Conversations. Um, and it's just, I don't know about you, but I have a tough time addressing conflict. Um, and so it's, Hey, when there's high stakes, um, what's the other one, Matt, uh, uh, opposing, opinion. opposing opinions and one emotions? emotions. I knew I could count on you. He paid so much more attention than I did. <laughs> Jesus is about to have a crucial conversation. Okay. There's opposing opinions. There's going to be high emotions. And what was the third one again? High stakes. Okay, great. Thank you. All those things are evident here. So watch this. It's going to get real, real fast. And listen to the back and forth questions. And I I want you to imagine, how would you have responded if Jesus said some of these things to you? Hey, he's the most kindly offensive person I've ever read about. (laughs) So here we go. Are we good? Verse 15. Then it would have been said to him, sir, give me this water that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water, which is usually our natural response to any good gift God gives us is, hey, how can I use this for my personal benefit? Not what is going to be required of me after you give it to me. Uh Uh-oh, not just me. He told her, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said, you're right when you said you have no husband. The fact is you've had five husbands and the man you have now is not your husband. What you said is quite true. <laughs> I know we're called to be Jesus. I try to drop something like that. I will get slapped and kicked, punched and beaten and have deserved every single one of them. What is it about the intensity and kindness of Jesus that when he says those things, it invites more information and trust from people. How is he so full of grace and truth? We usually pick one or the other. So, love what her response says here. Sir, the woman said, I can see you're a prophet. <laughs> it's great redirection, right? This, she's tough as nails, man, you can't shake her. Uh, Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you Jews claim the place where we must worship is Jerusalem. Jesus declared, believe me, woman, the time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Wink, wink, it's me. Yet a time in coming is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God, is spirit and his worshippers must worship him in spirit and truth. The woman said, I know the Messiah is coming. And when he comes, he'll explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I who speak to you am he. I'll say the word of the Lord if you'll say thanks be to God. The word of the Lord. So let's break down that critical conversation uh, real quickly. So after he drops the bomb on her about like, watch this, go call your husband. I don't have a husband. You're right. You have five. And the one you're living with right now is not your husband. Um, I want to put some context clues on, on that. First of all, a lot of us fill in our own narrative when it comes to that comment. Okay. When in fact she could have been trapped in Levirate marriage or kinsman redeemer. You remember Ruth and Boaz? Where's your Boaz, right? <laughs> I need my kinsman redeemer, that type of stuff. That was an, a, a way that those people helped provide for the welfare of women after their husbands had, had died. So it is quite possibly that she has gone through five kinsman redeemers, five family members who had to marry her to take care of her, and each one of those have died. And now that she's on her fifth one, he's like, I ain't marrying you, I'm gonna be dead in two weeks. And she could be a victim of this incredible uh, circumstances. Or it could be what it sounds like, okay? She's, yeah, okay? She's just rolling through them, okay? She has a bad reputation, all right? And she's earned it. It doesn't matter for Jesus what the answer is, he still pursues her. So she's drawing lines, trying to keep him at arm's length distance. Every question gets closer and closer and closer, and boom, he drops the hammer, and she doesn't flinch. She says, Sir, I can see you're a prophet. Well, I've got a prophet in front of me. Tell me this do we worship here or here? Because you Jews are always telling us why we're wrong. Am I? is always telling us why we don't like you and there's this huge divide. Tell me, how do we worship? Now, again, I want to be fair uh, to the woman at the well. She may just have a pressing theological question that finally she has someone who will teach her and she asks it. Or she's doing what you and I do. To dodge the real issue, we come up with a theological question so that no one has to know where we really are, what we're really about. Uh, What if I was to tell you, hey guys, after service, just wanna announce I'll be in the gallery with Jesus Christ in the flesh, and he's taking five-minute appointments. Line on up, come on in. Jesus is gonna be sitting next to me, and you got five minutes with him, and you can ask him one question. I feel like some of you would lock eyes with that fire and that kindness and that unconditional love, and you would start stuttering and stammering like Porky Pig. You'd be like, "Uh, uh, 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 Jesus, uh, do you want me to to tie 10% off the gross or the (laughs) nets? Oh my goodness, it's Jesus! Predestination or free will, which one is it? (laughs) Tell me! Because I so long to be right. Jesus, now that you're here, um, seriously, which version of the Bible should I be reading? <laughs> I totally know it's not the message. Okay. <laughs> but it's ESV, right? <laughs> Come on. I, got, you're, you're talking to, you're not talking, you're listening to a man who one of the primary pathways in his spiritual journey was marked by question and theological deep questioning to God. That's not wrong, but it is inadequate when it replaces the real questions of what's going on with your soul. And I want to know if we can stop talking up here when what Jesus is after is really down here. And when we start down here, maybe we'll get both of those things. And so she asks, hey, do we worship here or there? And he's like, again, let me just raise it. A time's coming when you're not even going to have to worry about that, okay? Because I'm looking for true worshipers in spirit and in truth. And she just says, I get it, great. And listen to her declaration of faith. Hey, when the Messiah comes, he's going to explain all this. And then what does Jesus drop on her? The one who stands before you is him. I'm the Messiah. First person he reveals his messianic identity to in the gospel of John. What I want you to watch in this conversation, I think this is why some of you drove here tonight. Some of you were thinking about not coming tonight. Some of you were just going, I I need to be spending this time doing something else, but for some reason I'm here. Whether that was by good motivations or total work avoidance and responsibility avoidance, either way, God's gonna still pursue you and bless you. She goes, every moment in this conversation, she starts drawing a line as to an excuse or a reason, doesn't matter, about why Jesus should not be pursuing her or stepping towards her. She's from the wrong race. She's from the wrong religion. She's in the wrong gender. And she's got the wrong reputation. And every line she draws, Jesus crosses it. Every reason you have in the book tonight that God cannot use you may be the very reason he is gonna use you. Every line you draw, every excuse you have, he's stepping over every single one of them and saying, I still pursue you, I still see you, and there is value in you, and I'm gonna release you in unspeakable and unthinkable ways for my good and the glory and for your good and for my glory. disciples show back up. It's an awkward moment. They're like, oh, this is weird. Uh, A rabbi's not following the right rules. He's talking alone to a woman at the well. Um, Our reputations are now in the tank. And then he's like, I don't need to eat. I have food you don't know of. And out of all that, they're like, who fed him, huh? (laughs) The greatest part of this text comes next. Just so we're clear in the gospel of John, this woman is the first recorded evangelist. If you go on to read, it says, many in the town believed because of the word of the woman. From the wrong side of tracks, the wrong gender, the wrong reputation, the wrong theology, many believe because of the word of the woman. Some of you are just going, God, I'll follow you or I'll do things for you once I get it all figured out. I'll do it once I get healed, totally healed from all of my past. Uh, I'll start attending community once I clean my act up, not go to community so I can actually help me get my act cleaned up. God, once I finally figure this out, then I will do that. I can remember my brother when he was in a heavy se- season of rebellion. He's just like, Chris, I don't want to be a hypocrite like all the people we grew up in the church with. I want to come to God when I'm ready and I've got things right. And I'm like, Chad, you will never be right enough to come to God. He was right to come to you. That's your pride. That's not the gospel. Many believed in the town because of the word of the woman. And if you dig in a little bit further, you'll discover one of the most catalytic, compelling techniques for us to share the gospel with other people in our life. Does anybody have a difficult time sometimes trying to engage in a gospel conversation with someone who's kind of skeptical of faith or not really have a faith background? And you just like, yeah. woo. <laughs> <laughs> You, you've had it done wrong for you, so you're not really sure. Sh- you just know not, what not to do. I, I, was, at, I was at the, uh, you don't need to know that, but maybe you do. Uh, <laughs> my, my wife's not here tonight and she would tell me, stop, Chris. Um, okay, let's just stick to the text. Here's her evangelistic technique. Y- you can read it for yourself. She leaves her bucket She abandons the very reason she came in the first place and she goes back. And this is what she says to all the people who rejected her, marginalized her, questioned her reputation and did not talk to her. Come, see the man who told me everything I ever did. And it was a joyful proclamation, come. See the man who told me everything I ever did and yet for some reason he still offers me living water. What if some of our gospel conversations are just, <coughs> I, I need you <laughs> to be introduced to Jesus. He does everything I've ever done, said and thought that is so shameful and yet he still continues to offer me living water. And some of you in here tonight You need to hear that. You're outside of Christ. You're questioning spiritually and you have not rejected the real gospel. You've rejected a false gospel that says it's about your morality and being good enough. You'll never be good enough. That's why Jesus came. And that's why we identify with him crossing all of our lines and excuses. But some of you in here tonight, you're faithful followers of Christ. And somewhere along the line, you believed the lie that you had to be perfect. And slowly but surely, you started propping up reasons and excuses why you're not gonna be a fully devoted follower of Christ. I'll follow you so far, unless it affects my relationships. I'll follow you just so far, Jesus, but don't come over my finances. I'm finally in a place where I'm comfortable. I'll follow you so far, but just don't affect my friend group. I really, I, I, I grew up, I'm close to my family. I like how things are going. I like how monochromatic my life is. Don't, don't send me to someone else. I'll follow you to the borderlines of our nation, but don't ever ask me to cross those, Jesus. That, that's, just a, that's just about as far as we're going to get. And I think you'll find tonight that Jesus is going to walk over every excuse you have and continue to ask you this. Are you thirsty? Because what you're drinking right now, it ain't satisfying. But you come to me and I will be like a spring ever gushing up in and through you. And you'll find yourself amazingly hydrated even in desert moments. Amen.